0: From Hollywood, the Hollywood Radio Theater. (laughs) Starring Claire Trevor in One Last September. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ken Carpenter we've chosen the most provocative story. It's a comedy drama which vividly illustrates the importance of forgetting the past and concentrating on the future. And as our star, we have one of the finest actresses ever to win an Academy Award, Miss Claire Trevor. And now, Kathleen Height's story of One Last September, starring Claire Trevor as Elizabeth.
1: years ago, if anyone had asked me what I wanted most, I'd have said, let me go to some picturesque spot with enough money to live on and let me paint as I please. As a matter of fact, that's substantially what happened. Ten years ago, with a small inheritance from my mother, I came to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Since then, I've had enough money to live on and I've painted as I please. Now that I look back, I wonder why I didn't add one more requirement. Please let me have talent. In fact, now that I look back, I wonder about a lot of things.
2: Hey, Liz.
1: Oh, now please hold still, Ken. I won't be much longer.
2: Well, I'm holding just as still as these fool cows are letting me, Liz. We we just aren't used to having our portraits painted, these cows and me.
1: Now, don't squint so much. Well, the sun's right in my eyes. Well, I need it there for the shadows. Oh, come on, open your eyes. Look, the cows aren't squinting.
2: We don't know any better. The shadows are perfect, just
1: perfect.
2: Well, honey, why don't you just paint the shadows? Leave me and the cows be. Ten. please. Hey. No, come on, you're proud of me. Quit it.
1: Oh, look, can't you stop bobbing around. I'm not painting a motion picture, you know.
2: Well, you better give it up for today, Liz. You're just not in the mood.
1: Now, what on earth got into them all of a sudden?
2: You can set your watch by it. Those girls are ready to be milked.
1: Oh, dear. Another afternoon with those girls, and I'll go back to still life.
2: Ah, let's take a look at it now. Well,
1: it's not finished.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well? Um, which one's me?
1: The one with the hat on.
2: Oh. Oh, yeah.
1: No, Ken, you never understand. You see, it isn't supposed to look like you. I just want the uh, impression of you.
2: And that's the impression of me?
1: Mm-hmm, sometimes.
2: <laughs> no wonder you won't marry me.
1: See, I could do better.
2: Not around Santa Fe. I'm about as eligible as they come.
1: <sighs> no, I was talking about the painting. Ah, oh, I don't know what's the matter with me. I can't paint. I can't get interested in anything. I can't even appreciate you as I should, Ken.
2: I love you, Liz. It's a good little ranch, you know. Few more cattle every year and I'll make something out of this place.
1: I know, Ken. And I envy you so much because well, you know what you want and you're working at it.
2: I know that I want you, Liz. I'd rather have you than a hundred head of white faced cattle. Ken. No, oh, I mean it. I mean it, honey. When a rancher says that to a girl, that's love. I'll bring you things, unless you'd rather I didn't come in.
1: No, no, no. Come on in.
2: Ah, oh, night sure smells wonderful, doesn't it, Liz?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I tell you, they can have the rest of the country if they leave me Santa Fe.
1: Have you ever been to the rest of the country?
2: No. Don't need to go. Everything I want's here. You must like it here, Liz. You've been here ten years.
1: I sure have. Wait, I'll get the light.
2: All
1: right. Oh, just pile the easel and things over in the corner for now.
2: Okay. I'm gone. This isn't the cutest little hacienda in town.
1: It isn't a hacienda. It isn't? No, it's a house. Just a house.
2: Yes, ma'am.
3: Oh,
1: I'm sorry, Ken, but that's part of it. I, I... I'm tired of houses that are haciendas and adobe and mesquite and ranches hey, and,
3: and hey, cattle hey, and pueblos no, no. and
1: petrified forests and cliff dwellings. Do you know that there's a brave new world outside with houses made of brick and wood and tall buildings and streetcars and buses?
2: Yeah. Well, sure. I've been to Albuquerque.
1: And believe this or not, there are men who live out their entire lives in business suits and dinner jackets and... Who never ever wear blue jeans?
2: Well, these are clean blue jeans, Liz. No, oh,
1: Ken, it isn't you. It's me. I'm I'm homesick. Oh,
2: Liz, honey, why don't you go home?
1: I want to. I want to go back to everything I left. Only, well, everyone's so spread out now. Dad's alone in Minneapolis. Bud and Edie and my niece are in Cleveland, and and I'm here. We just never all seem to be in the same place at the same time, and there really isn't a home to go back to, except the lodge. That wouldn't be any real fun unless we could all be together like we used to
2: be. Well, Johnny, Liz, why don't you all get together and go up there?
1: Oh, if we only could. Honestly, can I?
2: Sure, sure, honey. That lodge of yours, it's its on a lake up in Minnesota, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Lake Winniburgosha's.
2: Lake Winnebago.
1: Yes. That means Blue Lake, many fish. In the next two weeks, the family and I exchanged more letters than we had in at least two years, full of plans and arrangements for one last September at the Lodge. Everyone agreed it was just what we all needed, and I was caught up and held by the wonderful anticipation of being with them again and the warm memories of times we'd shared
2: before. And, uh, that's your lodge, huh? Mm
1: hmm. Of course, that's an old picture. You know, it's been built up a lot since then. That's really a bad angle of it. Uh huh. Oh, inside, it's really charming. Uh-huh. The rooms, well, they're simply huge, with great windows overlooking the lake and, and bare rugs on the floors. And the fireplace, Ken. I'll bet three men could stand in it without stooping. It's that big.
2: <laughs> you ever build fires, or you just stand around in it?
1: No. Oh, wait. There, that's right. a picture of Dad, I think. Let me see. Yes, that's Dad. And a string of wall-eyed pike he caught in the lake.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I thought you said he was tall.
1: Well, he is. He's quite tall. He's well over six feet.
2: Hmm. Sure doesn't look it.
1: Well, maybe not. It could be the picture, you know. But, well, I know he's quite tall. He's much taller than you, can. Well,
2: it sure doesn't look it.
1: Oh, and the most divine sense of humor. You know, I really think Dad's the funniest man I ever knew. Not broad, you know, subtle and clever. you just die laughing at him. Everybody does. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's not so much what he says. You know, it's the
3: way he says it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, he sure sounds funny, all right.
3: Oh. He really, he's a scream.
2: Sure doesn't look very tall, though. Oh.
1: Honestly, Ken, he's my father. I ought to know whether he's taller. Oh, not. yeah.
2: Well, yeah, you ought to, all right.
1: Bud's even taller. Yeah, maybe I can find a picture of him.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: this crazy old picture album. I haven't looked mm. at it in years.
2: Hey, no, oh, wait a minute. Wait, let me see that one.
1: What one? Oh, oh, that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the funny looking kid? A friend of yours?
1: A dear friend. It's me.
2: Oh, uh, no, it can't be. You're not not need.
1: I am, too. Anyway, I was then. Oh, I know I have some pictures of Bud somewhere. Hey, hey, hey.
2: What was that? That one, the one the, on the bear rug.
1: Yeah, it was that same dear friend. And I've never known why they persisted in taking baby pictures like that.
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's one. Oh, it's a Bud and me. But, well, you can see for yourself. See how
2: tall and lean and tan? You don't look so knock-kneed in that one.
1: Oh, look at Bud.
2: Now he's skinny, all right.
1: Lean, slender, certainly not skinny.
2: Okay, honey. How old were you then?
1: Oh, thirteen 13 or 14, I guess. Oh. I remember that bathing suit. You know, it was all wool and scratch, something awful. You can't see it, but it had a brand new innovation for that time. A suntan back.
3: Oh,
2: what's that you got pinned on you?
1: Oh, that's my ribbon. Yeah, I placed third in the 50-yard freestyle at the club, 4th of July festivities. Third? Uh Uh-huh.
2: That's not bad.
1: Well, there were just three of us in the race.
2: (laughs) Oh. You don't swim much anymore, do you?
1: No, hardly ever, but then there's no swimming around here like there is at Lake Winniburgosha.
2: You know, I met a fellow up at Red River last year who told me the mosquitoes are just... Fierce up on those Minnesota lakes.
1: Oh, no, no. We never had a bit of trouble with them.
2: Uh, he said they were just fierce. Yeah. Said they were bad enough in the daytime just biting you, but, but at night they dive-bombed you and, and they had you batting at the air all night. He said, he said they were just fierce.
1: You know, you're beginning to irritate me. Why? Well, you don't have a kind word to say for my family, or Minnesota, or Lake Winnebagocious, or anything. Oh, now,
2: Liz, that's not so. You're kind of throwing it all in my head, you know. Maybe it's a little hard for me to believe, but...
1: Not one kind word have you said. And remember, this is my family we're talking about. My lodge, my Minnesota, my home.
2: Well, sir, there's one thing. What? You know that picture of your dad?
1: Yes.
2: That's sure a nice little string of walleye he caught.
1: The next days were filled with shopping and making train reservations And packing my paints and brushes to be sent on ahead Ken was around, but we tried to keep our conversation off controversial subjects Finally, the days dwindled down to hours and the hours and minutes
2: Better shake a leg, Liz The train leaves in about ten minutes Oh,
1: I know There's just these few things to put in the fortnighter and I'll be ready
2: What was that, something new?
1: Oh, yes, I bought a couple of formals. I've forgotten all about the club, the dinner dances and all. I ran out and bought the first two that fit.
2: Mm, They're sure pretty. Oh,
1: they're all right. I don't suppose they'll set anyone aflame at the club, but, well, they're all right.
2: Hey, I'd like to see you on something like that once,
4: Liz. Yes,
1: but we don't do things like that, Ken. I mean, it's a lot more casual here. Men, women, boys, girls, everybody wears blue jeans. You know, sometimes it's hard to tell a man from a woman without a program.
3: (laughs) Liz.
1: Yes?
2: How long you be gone?
1: Well, we will be at the lake all of September.
2: Well, are you, uh, coming back here then?
1: Oh, I might stay with Dad a while in Minneapolis, or maybe run down to Cleveland with Bud and Edie. I don't know.
2: You, uh, you may not come back here then. You're not planning to, are you, Liz?
1: Can I? I may not. I, right now, I just want to go back home.
2: That's all I want to do. Better go now, huh?
1: I didn't want to hurt, Ken, but I did want to leave. When I felt that train start and knew I was on my way home, it felt so wonderful. That afternoon through New Mexico, across the corner of Texas and Oklahoma, that night through Kansas... The time flew at first, then dragged its feet the next day as we cut straight north through Iowa. How many times I visualized the homecoming in the Minneapolis station, I can't say. All I know is that I was ruthless when the train finally stopped there.
3: Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. I
1: really am. Oh, don't cry, little girl.
3: Look out. Oh, Oh. Oh, I didn't see it. No,
4: how could you see it? 24 bags in a small trunk. Who could see it? Liz, baby.
1: Are you all right? Yes, I'm all.
5: Dad! Oh, Dad! Save it home, honey. And you made it the hard way.
0: Make a friend, and you make an ally. There's a thought for you to keep in mind, as many another American has. Perhaps one of our greatest ambassadors was the humorist, Artemis Ward, who did a great deal to cement the friendship between America and England. In 1866, Artemis Ward arrived in London for a series of lecture tours, although he wasn't in the best of health. After his first lecture, an English newspaper wrote, There is certainly this foundation for a cordial understanding between the two countries calling themselves Anglo-Saxon that the Englishman, puzzled by Yankee politics, thoroughly relishes Yankee jokes. When two persons laugh together, they cannot hate each other much so long as the laughter continues. As Artemis Ward continued his tour, in his own humorous way he criticized both England and America and the cordial understanding grew between the two countries. Although his health grew worse, Artemis Ward refused to abandon his tour, and he didn't stop until he collapsed in the middle of a lecture. Within a few days, he was dead, at the age of 33. In announcing his death, the London Observer said, Artemis Ward never used his great powers of humor for that biting purpose which is implied in the word sarcasm. He's been a man not only of humor, but of good humor. There is no man among us who does not feel that he is the better for having known him. Since his landing in this country, he was taken by the hand in the feeling of brotherhood between our two countries. So it was that Artemis Ward proved to all America that by helping others, you help your country. Now, Act Two of One Last September, starring Claire Trevor as Elizabeth. <laughs>
1: drive up to the lake that night was like every other trip up there we'd ever made together. Dad insisted on driving, and he got a lot of advice from Bud and Edie with little Betty in the back seat, and me beside him in the front. We made the wrong turns at the same old places, sang the same old family songs from I've Been Working on the Railroad, through There's a Long, Long Trail of Winding. Then finally we drove up the lane that wound through the wooded wilderness up to the lodge. And in ten minutes, the car was unloaded and everyone began unpacking.
6: You never could carry a tune.
1: Oh, look who's talking. The original tin ear.
6: <laughs> now, let me take a look at you. I haven't really seen you in the light.
1: No, we haven't seen each other, really, have we?
6: Well, you're not bald anyway.
1: <laughs> no, I, uh... But it's it, it really rather becoming to you, Bud.
6: <laughs> Tell Edie that, will you? <laughs> sure. You, you've grown up, sis. You're you're taller, aren't you?
1: Yeah, isn't that funny? I, I was just thinking that you were uh, <clears throat> shorter than I'd remembered.
6: Still the same old 5'10 I always was.
1: Well, I guess you just um, seemed taller when I was growing up.
6: Yeah. Well, don't forget, we're all ten years older than we were the last time we were together. Yeah. Ten years makes a lot of difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Have you um, <clears throat> been wearing glasses long?
6: Oh, few years. I don't remember. You don't wear them yet, huh?
1: Oh, for reading and close work you mm-hmm. know, sometimes.
6: Well, it's sure swell to be together again, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's wonderful. Just wonderful.
6: Well, I, I guess Edie could use some help. Uh, see you in the morning, huh?
1: Oh, sure thing. You know, it's funny. I, I know I have a hundred things to ask you about, but I, um, uh, I just can't think of them right now.
6: I know. I, I, I feel the same way.
1: Well, we'll be
6: here a whole month. We'll think of
1: them. Oh, sure we will. Yeah. Well, see you, sis. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Night. Night, bud. Hey, you're supposed to... Oh, say... I know. I know. I didn't think you'd remember. Say it again. Night. Sleep tight. Don't let the the bed bugs bite. (laughs) (laughs) It was late when I finished unpacking. I think all of us would like to have gone downstairs and settled down for a big reunion talk. But with the excitement and the traveling, we were all tired. I fairly sank into the feather tick and floated off to sleep. Well, not quite to sleep. When I closed my eyes, I kept seeing Bud, the way he really looked now. You know, I'd never thought of him as anything but a bronzed young man with a quiet, rather shy youthfulness about him. It was hard to think of Bud as a man in his forties. Oh, yes, and there was something else that kept me from sinking into wonderful sleep.
3: Ouch! Ouch!
1: Well, I got him anyway.
3: Oh. oh, no. No, please. Go to sleep. Oh,
1: quit it. What are you trying to do? Make a liar out of me? I said there weren't any mosquitoes in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, Liz, but I never saw anything like it. You're just one go-ahead laugh. I deserve it for forgetting about the beast.
5: <laughs> never occurred to me to remind you last night. Anyone who came here as many summers as you did ought to remember about mosquitoes.
1: It's all coming back, believe me. Anyone else want coffee? Edie? Dad? <laughs> Not for me, thanks. No. <laughs> Oh, now, don't laugh at me, Dad. I know I'm funny. Oh, I've
5: got some citronella for those bites. Best thing for him, I was just thinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ten thousand lakes in Minnesota and ten thousand
3: mosquitoes for each lake.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, Dad, you can do better than that.
5: Oh, that's a corker, all right. I'll have to remember to tell Bud that one.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, he'll... uh... Get a big kick out of that. He always tells everyone how terribly funny you are. You know, I always do, too. Uh, where is Buddy Edie? He and Betty went for a swim. Well,
5: come by naturally enough, I guess. Oh, my father was a regular card. <laughs> I remember one time, you know, when those lampshades of the bead fringe were all the go. Well, Dad was visiting us, and I'm darned if he didn't put on one of those things one
3: well, I guess <laughs> I thought we'd I thought we'd die. We'd we die. <laughs> Uh, I'll bet it was a scream. Oh, he was, he was. Well, uh, I uh, think I'll do the dishes, please. You know, I'd forgotten
1: that about Grandpa, but I always thought you were much funnier, Dad. You know, uh, a lot more subtle than original.
5: Well, different generation... You know, a different kind of humor. Mm -hmm. I guess Dad's comedy was a little broad, now that I come to think of it. Yeah,
1: it certainly was. I never saw you put on a lampshade. No,
5: you never did. I was more inclined to put on your mother's hats and parade around. (gasps) (laughs)
1: Golly, that's right, you did.
5: (laughs) Well, I'm going to run over to Harriman's and see if he's of a mind to do a little fishing.
1: Harriman's? Do they still come up here?
5: Sure they do. Old Harriman wouldn't miss a summer up here. Say, they'd be tickled to death to see you, Liz. Better ride over with me.
1: Oh, no, not this morning, Dad. Not with these mosquito bites. Uh, but tell them I'll see them
5: soon, hmm? All right. Uh, oh, uh, Deke's here with them, you know.
1: Deke? Ah, uh-huh. ha! Thought that might get her eyes out of you. Oh, it's not, Dad. It's just that I hadn't thought about Deke I mean, being up here, too.
3: Oh,
1: now. <laughs> oh, now, Dad. Deke was never more than a good friend, and you know
3: it. Dad, for heaven's sake. Liz, you better look at him. Oh, Dad, you take Edie's hat off this minute. <laughs>
1: He did look sort of funny in Edie's hat, but, well, I'd forgotten that you didn't dare encourage him by laughing. Nothing, and no one was safe then. I couldn't get over it about Deke being there, too. He was just one thing I hadn't planned on that September. Take it easy, Betty.
6: Don't churn the water so much. Keep your head in the water.
1: Well, what's all the commotion?
6: Oh, hi, Liz. Hi. My daughter displaces more water than the Queen Mary. Natural-born swimmer.
1: Well, she's young this time.
6: What do you mean, young? When you were her age, you had to crawl like Weissmuller.
1: Oh, not me, brother. My style was a cross between Betty's there and the Mississippi paddleboat.
6: You got a bum memory, sis. Well, I've had it. When she wears herself out, tell her to come up the house with me. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Say, what's happened to the lake?
6: What do you mean? Same old Winnie Bigosha's.
1: No, no, I mean the water, it, it, it's not blue like it used to be.
6: Blue? Hmm. Sis, you've forgotten this wet thing was never blue. Oh,
1: but it was. Sky blue. That's where it got its name. Winnibagoshish. Blue lake, many fish.
6: Sis, honey, what pipe you've been drawing on? Winnibagoshish is Indian for wretched, miserable, dirty water.
3: No.
1: Well, I'll admit that's a more apt description of us. Well, try
6: thinking of it as Winnie B'Gosh. It's kinder somehow. Um, you going in for a swim?
1: I don't know. I may.
6: Well, if you do, watch out for the bloodsuckers.
1: Oh, yeah. I will. Who you got all over you? Mosquito bites.
6: Hmm. Well, when you come back to the house, I got some stuff you can put on Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Citronella.
6: no. Oil hmm. of cloth.
1: Well, I thought Dad said that... Oh, well, I guess I didn't hear him right.
6: Oil of cloth, the only thing for
1: him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll remember that. Say, hey, Bud, have you seen Deke Harriman lately?
6: Yeah. Uh, Last year, I think it was. Yeah? He's supposed to be up here with his folks, I think.
1: I know. I, I was just wondering, um, has he changed much?
6: Nah. Same old Deke. Looks the same, acts the same. Same old Deke.
1: Oh, that's nice. I was afraid maybe that... Well, that's nice, that's all. Is he, um...
6: No, not yet.
1: Mm-hmm. He isn't. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, you know, I may be wrong, but I've got a hunch he's never forgotten you, sir. Oh, I
1: don't think that. That sounds like Deacon. I have a lot to remember, and... <laughs> uh... Yeah, well, that
6: sounds like you do, too. <laughs> well, see you at the house, huh
3: Uh-huh.
1: I'm afraid I'd forgotten you were here.
3: <laughs> I asked you, has he gone?
1: Oh, yes. Your father's gone up to the house. I'm pooped. Well, I wouldn't wonder. You take swimming very big, don't you? I hate to swim. Then well, you must hate it with a vengeance. You splash water with a vengeance. I hate to swim. Well, why on earth do you swim? Because you did. Because I did. Well, that's no reason at all. I like to swim. That's why I did so much of it. If I hadn't liked it, I wouldn't have done it. Well, you must like it a little. I hate it. But you did it, so I swim. Well, we'll have a little talk with your parents, and maybe we can straighten all this out. When are you going in swimming? Oh, I don't know. I just thought I'd take a little fun for a while. Maybe swim a little later. I want to see you swim from here to the island. Oh, not me. Why, it's a good half mile from here to the island. Daddy said you used to swim from here to the island all the time. You yeah, know, something's wrong with Daddy's memory, then. Do you still have your blue ribbon? Blue ribbon? For winning the half-mile race from here to the island. Daddy said you won a blue ribbon for that. Wow, what pipe has he been drawing on? <laughs> I placed third in the 50-yard dash, and as I recall it, it was a yellow ribbon. Daddy doesn't smoke a pipe. Oh, well, no, I guess he doesn't. <clears throat> Well, I think I'll just stretch out and get some sun. Can I watch? Yes. Yeah. You're really interested. Huh? I might fall asleep on you, though. That's all right. Hmm. You're sort of knock kneed, aren't you? I don't think so. I do. Mm hmm. What have you got all over you? Mosquito bites. I had them all over me up at camp last year. You ought to get some whoosh. Uh, some what? Whoosh. You just rub it on and whoosh, they're gone. Whoosh, they're gone. Hmm? Best thing I found for mosquitoes. Well, thanks for the tip. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to swim to the island. <laughs> recollection of being hauled into a fishing boat, numb from exhaustion, exactly 50 yards from the dock. I was brave to the core, though, insisted on walking the last few yards into shore in front of the house. It was there that the bloodsuckers got me. Oh, blessed Providence. It began raining a little later. You know, I'd forgotten about the rains, too. Forgotten that they could last for days in the Lake country. But there's one thing about rain. They do bring a family close together.
5: Well, whose deal is it this time?
1: I dealt last time. It must be Dad.
5: No, I dealt last time. It's Edie's deal.
1: It can't be my deal. Look where the cards are.
5: Oh, all right, I'll deal. But it's not my
3: deal. Now, Dad,
1: it's nothing to get upset about. After all, it's just a game. I'm not upset. Of course, it's just a game. The thing to do is relax. After all, none of us really plays tournament bridge, you know. Well, I like that. If you haven't liked the way I've been playing, the least you can do is come right out with it. Now, Edie. Well, I didn't mean anything of the kind, Edie. Well, it certainly sounded that way to me. Oh, no, really, I didn't mean that. I think you play wonderful bridge. Well, I do try, after all, with a growing child and a house to keep, I don't have much chance to play, like some people.
5: Pick up your cards. Of course you don't, fear.
1: Say, uh, what do you mean by that? Like some people.
6: Now, sis. My
1: dear, I didn't mean any harm. And it certainly wasn't directed towards you in any way. Well, it certainly sounded that way to me. Well, really, I didn't mean that. I think you play wonderful, bridge. Well, I do Oh, cry. for
5: heaven's sakes, Two spades. Two spades? Yes, partner, two spades.
1: Oh, honestly, you two... Go on, bid, Edie. Well, you don't have to shout at me. After all, it's just a game.
5: Well, it isn't a game if we don't play it. (laughs) come on, Edie, it's your bid. All right, well... Now, wait a minute, Edie. Dad, you know how
6: much honor count you need for a two-demand?
1: Do I know how
5: much honor count I need for a two to man?
1: Oh, Dad, for heaven's sake! Yeah,
5: Dad, take it easy. I just asked. In spades, I have the ace, king, jack, ten. In hearts, I have the ace. Dad, don't tell me. (laughs) Stop! In hearts, the ace, king, queen. In clubs, the ace, king. In diamonds, the ace, king, queen, jack, ten. That's amazing. It's a grand slam. It was a grand slam.
1: It was a misdeal. Huh? You've got fourteen cards. Fortunately, the rain only lasted three days. And when it stopped, most of the temperament stopped with it. It was a brand new family when the sun shone on it. For sanity's sake, however, everyone did take the precaution to go off in different directions. Dad went fishing with Mr. Harriman. Edie and Betty went into town for the day. Bud took the motorboat to the far side of the island, where he debated whether or not he would ever return. And I, well, it was so pleasant around the lodge, I decided to stay home. I set up my easel on the veranda and began to reproduce Lake Winnebagocious on canvas. Miserable, dirty lake. Why weren't you sky blue like I remembered you? You know what you are? You're a mixture of black, green, yellow, and red.
4: You look like a war surplus lake. Hey, watch, you are talking about a friend of mine. Oh, my goodness. Deke! Hello, Liz. Deke Harriman. Imagine seeing me here. I only spent my youth on this veranda. Uh-huh. You can't really be that surprised to see oh, me. Oh,
1: but I am, and, and you didn't, I mean, well, you didn't spend your youth here. You, you know, you look just as I remembered you. And
4: so do you. No,
1: but just exactly. Yeah. Oh, sit down, please.
4: Oh, I don't want to interrupt anything.
1: Oh, this I... It's killing time. I'm afraid I'm doing a fair job of murdering the scenery, too.
4: No, no, that's nice.
1: Well, I can't get over it. Bud told me, but I, I still can't get over it. What? Well, you're just the same as ever. You look the same, act the same. Same old geek. What'd you expect? <laughs> Something different. Everything else here and everyone seems so different. But you're... You know, it's like old times.
4: Yes, it is, Liz. I was wondering... Well, it's been a long time. I don't know how to ask. Look, are you with... Uh, no, uh, I'm not. That's good. Neither am I.
1: I know. Bud told me.
4: Just like old times.
1: Just like old times. Still like to dance? Oh, I love to
4: dance. You? Oh, great. Love. It. Say, this is like old times. Do you know who's playing at the club now? No, I... Peek. <gasps> You don't mean... My word of honor. Snuffy Baker. And his baker's dozen. Oh. Liz, I've got a wonderful idea. When? Tomorrow. We'll spend the day at the club just like we used to. We'll stay on for dinner and the dance in the evening.
1: Oh, Geek, that sounds perfect. I'd love to. So
4: would I. I'll pick you up tomorrow morning early.
1: The earlier the better.
4: (laughs) Oh, Oh, gosh, it's great to see you again.
1: Like old times.
4: Like old times. Oh, say, and don't worry, because I always keep a supply of it at the club. Of what? Dead. Dead? Only thing in the world for the mosquito bites.
0: (laughs) Make a friend and you make an ally. There's a thought for you to keep in mind, as many another American has, like Fiorello LaGuardia, the busy little mayor of New York, who found time to get on the radio and read funnies to the kids. There was a man who loved children, and through his love saw the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund come into being. To start such a fund, LaGuardia went to Europe, not as a representative of the U.N., but as an American citizen. He traveled from country to country, investigating conditions, speaking to the people, and making friends. In his native land, Italy, he helped hand out food to the needy and won their admiration. On his return to the United States, the Guardia worked day and night to sell the need for a children's emergency fund. And finally, the General Assembly of the U.N. adopted his proposal unanimously. In a resolution which stated that as many children as possible to the age of 18 would receive help from the fund on the basis of need without discrimination because of race, creed, nationality, or political belief. Workers all over America donated a day's pay to the fund, as did children in all kinds of schools, organizations, and churches. But LaGuardia didn't live to see the full success of the great work he helped to start. His big heart stopped the night before the U.N. announced aid allocation to over 3,700,000 children and mothers in 12 European countries and China. But others picked up where Fiorello LaGuardia left off. People like him, who knew that by helping others, you help your country. We pause now for station identification. And rises on Act Three of One Last September, starring Clara Trevor as Elizabeth.
1: I may have slept that night. I don't know. It seemed to me as if I just floated from one pink cloud to another, remembering so many things about Deacon and me and growing up together. It was as if just seeing them again had unlocked a flood from the past. And big memories and little recollections came tumbling through my mind. Deke hadn't changed. He was just the same. Just exactly the same. And I awoke to a fresh new day that was full
3: of promise.
4: That's right, Liz. Hold your head back. Get the full benefit of the spray.
1: Oh, it feels wonderful. What a delightful way to wake up.
4: I do this every morning. Clears your head, gets your day off to a roaring good start. But well, it certainly agrees with you. you. Bet it does. We can do it every morning if you like. Keep you in great shape. I would love it. That's a deal, then. Dick, what time is it? Almost 6.30. We'll get on the course before it's crowded.
1: Beauty, Dee. Sensational drive.
4: Not bad, was it? Oh, it's perfect. I'll tee you up. Oh, thanks. Now then, blast away at it.
1: I'll try. (laughs) You have to remember, this is the first game i played in ages.
4: Well, now, just relax. You've been tensing up a little the last few holes. Mm -hmm. Remember now, just a nice, easy swing. Don't try to hit it a mile, just... Well, you saw what I did. All right.
1: It's funny, I... I am tensing up a little. I, I think maybe I'm a little tired. Oh,
4: don't be silly, Liz. We've only played eight holes.
1: I know, but uh, I've swung a lot more times than you have. Don't forget.
4: <laughs> it's good for you. Exercise keeps you in shape. Well, now, line it up and let her have
1: it. Uh huh. Now, yeah, let's see now.
4: Oh, Liz. Hmm. Look at the ball.
1: Well, I am looking at the ball.
4: Where is it?
1: It's right down there in front of my club.
4: I mean, where is it in relation to your left heel?
1: Oh, oh, I should have it even with my left heel. That's
4: right. There isn't much to remember. Line the ball up with your left heel. Keep your eye on it. Now pull back with a nice easy swing, shifting your weight as you do from left to right. That's not too much with the hips. Now there. Now you're at the top of your back swing. Now come down easy, shifting your weight as you do from right back to left. Keep your eye on the ball. Let the club head meet it. That a girl? (laughs) Follow through now. Head down. Keep your eye on the ball. Follow its flight.
1: I've got my eye on the ball. Where is it? Right down there on the tee where it was.
3: (laughs) Well, there's
4: no harm done, Liz. We've got all day now. Let's just start over. Now relax. Don't tense up. Just a nice, easy swing. (sighs) Remember, it's just you against that little white ball. Into your backswing now. Nice and easy. Uh, Deke. Hmm? Just... Me against the little
1: white ball, hmm?
4: Ready to receive service, Liz?
1: Yep. Sure. Ready.
4: All ready, Here you go. I thought you said you were ready, Liz.
1: I was ready.
4: Well, heads up, girl. You didn't even try for it.
1: I can't move.
4: Uh, I'm afraid that was set point.
1: I thought it would never come.
4: Well, uh, let's see. That's six games to love, wasn't it?
1: I'm sure it was.
4: And up to now, it goes six love, six love, six love, six love, six love. You left one out. All right, six love. Well, go on, Liz. Huh? Hmm? Well, time to change courts. <laughs> Gee, you look wonderful tonight, Liz. Are you sure you don't want to dance?
1: I've never been so sure of anything in my life.
4: Yeah, but you said you love to dance.
1: I said that when I was very, very young.
4: You said it yesterday.
1: I was much younger yesterday.
4: Oh, come on, Liz. I've looked forward to dancing with you for so long.
1: Speak. Believe me, I, I meant it yesterday when I said I loved to dance, but not after speedboating at dawn, followed by 18 holes of golf and six sets of tennis. You're just out
4: of practice. You used to do that every day all summer long, never bat an eye.
1: Well, I can't bat an eye now, either.
4: It'd wear me out. Liz, whatever happened to you? You look the same. You're full of good color. you got that wonderful dreamy look in your eyes.
1: I'm probably running a fever. Which accounts for the color and the dreamy look. I'm practically sound asleep.
4: Well, you're not the same old Liz. She'd never sit out a club dance when Snuffy Baker was playing. No,
1: she was a game kid. Whatever happened to her?
4: Come on, Liz, just one dance for old time's
1: sake. All right, Deke. And I can promise you, these times are very old.
4: Oh, that's my girl. Now, just nestle close. Mm. Isn't it wonderful, Liz? Mm. Yeah. And I thought you'd forgotten that this is our song. Just relax, honey, and remember, huh? Mm. Liz? Liz, do you hear me? Mm. Liz, you didn't have to relax that much.
1: recall this myself, but uh, according to reliable sources, I slept 14 hours by the clock after our song was over.
3: <laughs>
1: These same sources report that I opened one eye, stifled a scream, and settled back to some real sleeping. I said it before, I can say it again with more authority. Deke had not changed. He was just the same. But I had changed. I was 10 years older by the calendar. And three score and ten by blood count and heartbeat. But the feeling came back in a matter of four or five days, with almost no effort at all to pick up the phone. Oh,
3: no. number please.
1: Long distance please.
3: I'm long
1: distance. Oh, I I want to place a call to Santa Fe, New Mexico, to Mr. Ken Stevens. His number. <laughs>
4: There's still no answer at the Santa Fe number.
1: Oh. Well, keep trying.
3: Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, but
4: there's still no answer at the Santa Fe number. Oh, but but there has to be. I'm sorry, ma'am. There is no answer. Well, keep trying. I'd like to, ma'am, but we've had some complaints here at the phone company. You're on a party line, ma'am, and the other 13 parties would like the use of the line.
1: Oh, all right. I'm sorry. Just cancel the call.
5: What's the matter, honey?
1: Oh, nothing. Oh, Dad. Dad, everything's
5: the matter. Oh, there now, honey, you're all right. You're all, no, all right. I'm not either.
3: I'm all wrong. Oh,
5: now oh, then, little britches, you just cry it all out.
3: Let it go. Want
5: well, let it all go?
3: Little britches, you haven't called me that in a long time.
5: Well, you have been a little girl for a long time.
3: <laughs> Such a long time.
5: But you're acting like a little girl, Liz. Oh,
3: Dad, don't. Don't
5: say that. But it's true, honey. Come on, now. Just straighten up, pull yourself together. Take a
3: good deep breath.
5: Fine, that's it. Now, let's have one of our old man-to-man talks, what do you say? Yes, sir. Liz, you've been very unfair to everyone, but most of all, you've been unfair to yourself.
1: I know I have, but I, I don't understand what I've done wrong. I, I really don't. I I just wanted us all to be together the way we used to be and have all those wonderful times. Now, what's so wrong about that, then?
5: Oh, it's not wrong, exactly, Liz. It's Well, like I said, it's... Unfair. We did have some wonderful times together, our family. But we had some pretty horrible times, too.
1: No, we didn't. I don't remember a single bad time. Honestly, I don't.
5: That's just it. You don't remember. You've done what everyone does, I guess. Until you grow up a little and find out you're mistaken, you've selected a few choice memories, Liz. You've been gentle with them. More than that, you've been generous with them. You've fed them too much.
3: Yeah?
1: I don't understand.
5: Well, you've, you've made them much bigger than they were in reality. Much brighter, more uh, uh, memorable. You see, his memories, especially of people and places you love, are more than kind. They're generous to a
1: fault.
5: Uh, just as an example, Bud was a little bit disappointing to you, wasn't he?
1: Well... Come but... on, I'll be honest.
5: It wasn't quite the way you remembered him, was
1: it? Well, I did think he was taller. And, well, I didn't stop to think that he'd be older, naturally, and... A little bald, and mm. oh, but it isn't Bud, Dad. I love him just as I always did. That isn't much wrong with me. No,
5: not entirely. Um, I fell a little short of your memory of me too, I believe, huh?
1: Oh, not really, Dad. Not in any important way, certainly.
5: But I'm quite a bit cornier than you remember I was, aren't I? I mean, you with know, the women's hats and all that <laughs> stuff, you know.
1: Maybe a little, but like I said, not in any important way. No, uh, I know,
5: honey. And then the lake disappointed you and the mosquitoes and things like that. You see, you, you'd you just forgotten some of the bad things.
1: But, Dad, now take Deke. Deke hadn't changed a bit. Not the tiniest little bit. And that disappointed me. After Donyer made a permanent wreck of me.
5: <laughs> You've done some shielding of Deke in your remembering, too. Well, that's not all of it, but it has a place in it.
1: Well, what is all of it, Dad?
5: Well, I'm just your old man, but... I'd say you were homesick, Liz.
1: Homesick? But I came home, and that wasn't the answer. Well, honey,
5: your home is where you are, where you live. See, this isn't uh, home anymore, Liz. Uh, Not to any of us, really.
1: Well, then... Uh,
4: What's he like, Liz?
1: Oh, Dad, he's tall and tan and... Oh, no, he isn't. He's tan, but he's not especially tall. Uh,
5: it doesn't matter whether he's tall or not, does it?
1: No, good heavens, no. It... <laughs> well, Ken is sort of hard to put into words. Uh. He's um, he's gentle. He's wonderfully nice. And
5: does he uh,
4: love you, Liz?
1: Well, I, I thought so, but you know, I haven't heard from him, and and he isn't home. And I really didn't act very well the last time I saw him.
4: Oh, don't worry
5: about it, honey. You may be mistaken, you know. Your memory's been playing some tricks on you about other
2: things.
1: Oh, I remember this all right. I was pretty awful.
2: You were just fierce. (gasps) Ken! Yes, ma'am.
1: Well, but you can't be here. I mean, uh... Oh, (laughs) forgive me, Dad. This is Ken.
2: I, uh,
5: believe we've met. (laughs) Now you two, uh, just excuse me, will you?
2: He's sure a nice fellow, your dad.
3: Yes, he is.
1: Ken... How long have you been here?
2: Oh, I drove in early this morning. Figured it'd be too early to wake anyone, but my golly, your dad was up, and we had a real nice talk.
1: No, I mean, how long have you been in this room?
2: Well, just long enough to hear you say you hadn't been too friendly the last time you saw me. You were just fierce.
1: I know. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ken.
2: Well, it doesn't matter now.
1: No, it doesn't matter now.
2: Well, sir, I was just passing through here, and I... Thought I'd drop in.
1: Drop in? Passing through.
2: Something happened to your hearing, Liz?
1: No, I don't think so, but... Well, Ken, what are you doing up here?
2: Oh, traveling, sort of. Never did much of that, you know. Born and raised right there in Santa Fe. Figured I ought to move around a little, see the country.
1: Oh. Well, uh, how do you like it? What? The country.
2: Nice. I like it. Oh, there is one thing... Yes? That fellow I talked to last year in Red River, he was right. Mosquitoes are just fierce up here, Liz.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they are just fierce. But, Ken, I know a great cure for mosquito bites. Citronella? Nope. Not oil of clove or dead or whoosh. No? No, the best thing in the world for mosquitoes is to go back to Santa Fe.
2: Oh, well, now, I was thinking I'd do just that, Liz. Uh, before I do, though, I'd like to ask you one question. Oh,
1: Ken, darling, I just want to go back home. That's all I want to do. You're sure? Oh, I'm so sure.
2: Well, sir, I'm glad to hear that, Liz. Because just before I left, I had a chance to buy a hundred head of white-faced cattle at a real good price. Liz, to tell you the truth, I can't afford them. And you, too. Let's go home, honey.
3: I
0: will return. If you go to Eastern Pennsylvania anytime soon... You might run into a fellow who is studying at Lafayette College. It wasn't too long ago that he was a kamikaze pilot. He was an enemy. Today, he's getting a free democratic education because of a boy by the name of Robert Johnstone. Johnstone died in the Philippines, but the kind of heart that he had will be evident for years. You see, he stated in his will that his $10,000 in government insurance... Was to be used to educate one of his former Japanese enemies in American ways. It was his last wish, and it's being carried out as he desired. Now this took place in World War II, of course, but such acts by you and your friends, even today, are shaping our world of tomorrow. And now here's Claire Trevor. Irving Cummings.
2: Well, Claire and I are old friends, Ken. Oh, no, we certainly are, Irving. You know, I directed you in some of the first pictures you made at Fox.
1: Yes, and I'll bet you don't remember what the first one was called.
2: It's a bet. It was, uh, mm, a mad game with Spencer Tracy, wasn't it?
1: That's right. <laughs>
2: And what's your latest picture, Claire?
1: Well, Irving, it's a 3-D western in color, and it's called The Stranger War, A Gun. But tell us why you dropped in tonight, Irving.
2: Well, next, it's one of the season's finest motion pictures, adapted from one of the best-selling novels of the year, a drama of great love surrounded by mystery and intrigue. Daphne de Maurier's My Cousin Rachel. And as our star, that gracious and lovely lady who created the title role, Olivia de Havilland. And playing opposite her, a newcomer to our stage, Ron Randell.
1: That will certainly get your 20th season off to a brilliant start. Good night, Irving.
2: Good night, Claire. It was
0: really wonderful seeing you again. Hollywood Radio Theater is a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.